0: Yeah, what do you have to say? You're being interviewed. Okay, look. Can you record a line? Come on. Come on, baby. Record a line. Come on, baby. No, no, no. Speak. Speak into the microphone. Come on. Can you speak? Can you speak? Can you? Okay, that's pretty
1: good
0: is that all you got okay that's pretty good I know I'm putting you on the spot because I never actually taught you how to speak oh this episode of Toddcast is sponsored by our patron Elizabeth Ellis thanks Liz Hello and welcome, everyone. I'm Todd Lyons, and this is ToddCast Season 4, Episode 3, a show for and about public servants. You ever wake up in the morning and think, where is my career going? If you haven't, well, lucky you. But for a lot of us, there have been mornings, maybe a lot of mornings, where it was hard getting out of bed wondering, is this really what I'm going to be doing until retirement? Same duties, same projects, every year. No variety, no new complexity. No steep learning curve. No being completely thrown into something that you have no idea what you're going to do. A project where before you can even have any demonstrable results, you have to wrestle with defining what the real problem actually is because a lot of things might have been tried before and failed. And taking inventory of the resources at hand that might be helpful in this process, but perhaps not. And identifying and obtaining more resources that you might need, but don't actually have a budget for. And using new tools that you've never even heard of before you started wrestling with this problem. And changing your approach midstream as your understanding of the problem evolves. And in that process, getting to know yourself and all the things you didn't realize that you were capable of... And more importantly, getting to know the people around you and all the things that they don't realize that they're capable of and helping them to bring those things out. And reveling in the joy of all the amazing things that are possible when complete strangers put their egos in the dumpster and push down their fear and embrace the possibility of failure and spend each day putting their very best thought and sweat into achieving something that sounds impossible because it hasn't been done before. And there might not be a template for it, but one of your colleagues has heard about some tangential work happening in Australia that perhaps we could adapt to at least get a basic experimental framework in place and... Have I lost you? Well, that kind of uncertainty is not for everybody. There's something to be said about a job with a certain kind of normality, a routine, well-defined parameters, But a lot of real-world problems don't conform to existing parameters, nor to certain people. I'm probably one of those people. In the confines of a normal job, I am an excellent employee for about 12 to 18 months. And then I'm a good employee for some time after that due to decreased enthusiasm. Did I change over that two to three-year period? No but neither did the job. And that's a problem for me. I like to be in a constant state of learning, growth, and change. I'm uncomfortable remaining inside of my comfort zone for extended periods of time. When I achieve proficiency in a new area and excellence is within reach, I'm already looking around and thinking to myself, okay, what's next? And when the answer is, great, do it again, Or, yeah, just like that, but more in less time. Then I know my time is up. I've left some perfectly good jobs because it didn't seem to me that there was a role for me to move up to. And so I moved out. To another department. To an assignment within that department. To a secondment to another department. Then an extension to that secondment and a second extension, all the while wondering where I could move forward to because it always has to be forward if I'm going to be the best public servant I can be. Then, in 2016, the perfect job. I was one of the very first employees selected for a new initiative at Natural Resources Canada, Canada's Free Agents, which has become so successful that it's spread to include multiple departments. Have I changed since I became a free agent? Yes. I have a talent manager now. Someone completely invested in my growth and success. And I've grown and succeeded. And as for the work, it's always changing. It's always challenging. As I've said many times to many people, I could never go back to doing a normal job again. So on this episode, I wanted you to meet everyone all the free agents the talent managers but you'll have to settle with the dozen or so colleagues that were actually available and who agreed to be packed into a boardroom for this conversation so welcome everyone thanks for coming so I have seven questions. They were offered from social media, and I guess I also had a look to see the feedback we had on the Canada School of Public Service webcast, so this will be a reflection of, of that. So who has a, an elevator pitch for free agents, so specifically what it is and why it should even exist when we already have secondments as a way of getting temporary talent into projects? Justify your existence or you're all fired now.
2: I guess uh, when we have managers that have all the power to like grant assignments, grant secondments, etc., free agency puts the power back in the employee's hands to chart their own course, find the best places for them. And it means that the managers actually get even better people because we learn and we expand our skill sets.
1: Well, I I think honestly, um, as it puts control in our hands as employees, uh, actually we are able to help make the connection to the job that would be best suited for us and that we want. And actually, ultimately, the manager succeeds and wins. And so we find our sweet spot. They find uh, who they need and the work is elevated significantly.
0: Any other thoughts? What are they misunderstanding about free agents? Is there something that people get wrong?
3: A lot of managers, a lot of people tend to think that we are consultants, that we are hired to go in, we put blinders on, we do a very specific job, and that's all our role is. We're a lot more. We bring value, we bring expertise, our networks to an organization to help improve an organization, not just do a single task.
0: Our placements based on existing skills or do people feel like they're learning entirely new skills? And how do you choose a placement?
4: Well, when I joined the free agent program, um, because I'm at the end of my public service career, I thought it was going to be an opportunity to take my depth of skill and knowledge in managing public opinion research and pass it along to uh, you know, the next generation and uh, to continue working in that field. And in fact, I have done exactly the opposite. I'm now doing something I've never done before, um, and, but all of my skills and experience from before are coming into this current assignment.
5: For me, it's about uh, a two-way exchange. I look for places where I can add value based on my um, experiences and my skills, and not necessarily functional experiences, but um, places where I can apply what makes me me um, and not just be a bum in the seat. And on the other hand, I look for experiences where uh, when I'm finished, I have something that I can learn from and have learned from and take that into the next opportunity.
6: I've been taking assignments where I get to learn new things. And what I've been discovering is that it's also opened me up to the possibilities of new areas that I had no idea even existed. And so those have been leading to other placements and assignments. So I feel like it's taken my career in a completely different direction. And for that, I'm really grateful.
7: I think it's been interesting. I, my perspective's actually changed from assignment to assignment. So the first assignment I took, it was really an opportunity to see how I could build a new network, the, uh, an expertise in an area I didn't know at all about. And uh, my second assignment, which was really interesting, was a pure passion project that developed into an actual project. So uh, you know, a bunch of years I've been doing different volunteering work on the side, and it came up as a really cool opportunity, and it was an excellent fit for where I was going. And so, yes, I'm using some skills and experience that I have, but it's also a huge stretch in terms of what I'm going to be expected to do. So.
8: Um, I've gone for kind of a mix match and done things that are related to my skill set so I could further hone my skills, but also learn new skills. But what I really found was that the program allowed me to discover really where my strengths were, um, and where I could be most effective in an organization.
7: I like to look for an assignment where I'm on the edge of my comfort zone and where by the time I leave, I will have stretched those boundaries.
9: I think there's partly a comfort, though, in knowing taking the skill set that you have and, and moving. It's, it's, it, it's, as free agents, we move frequently. And so that taking that first step of going in with, uh, that certain, being that subject matter expert in a certain area, but knowing then looking for opportunity to move beyond that. So that's what I look for is when I can take the skill set that the things that I'm good at and then apply them in a larger context. So I often look for something where there's opportunity to expand.
1: I just wanted to add, I think that, um, other than what I gain from it, honestly, at the end of the day, I really enjoy uh, trying to make a difference with whatever project, whatever area I'm working in, and trying to leave something that really helps people, helps make them better, makes something make more efficient. Uh, so I really like to work in an area that I do have some ability to contribute uh, from my expertise, but to leave uh, a lasting impression, I guess. Any other thoughts?
7: One of the things that I've found, uh, at least chatting with my previous manager and then the new area I'm in that uh, I always think that's fun to be in that role. And a lot of um, people are looking that f- for that from us is actually to be a healthy disruptor. And so we're giving license to a lot of the people that we work with to ask those same questions again that they may have been asking already. And so being able to create that space, w- whether you go in or not, and obviously based on the team and the group you're working with, has been really important for me uh, to continue to test and be in, out of my comfort zone in particular. So are you finding that the placements that you're being offered are are novel
0: experiences, or is it kind of the standard government fare that uh, everyone would get?
10: No, it's actually not. Um, I'm I'm working at um, a lab at ESDC, and um, it's an innovation lab. And because I did have some lab experience, this lab is that much more sophisticated than where I was previously. So I would say that where I am is anything but standard um, in terms of how um, folks work in the public service. And I'm lucky to be part of that.
4: My experience so far, and I've had, um, I've been in two assignments, um, is that, um, the real factor that, that, uh, that, uh, that has struck me is whether the managers that hire you are actually interested in trying new things. Um, so in my first assignment, I was in a policy shop and, um, Uh, There was initially uh, the sense that there was uh, an interest in experimentation and pushing the boundaries, uh, but for a variety of reasons, I was not able to advance things. In my current assignment, I have had very strong support from my immediate supervisor in the next level up. The ones higher up are a little bit more risk-averse, but because the managers I'm working directly for are really supportive and encouraging, uh, this has been a completely different experience, and it's been very positive, even though both are quote-unquote policy jobs.
11: I think one of the powers of the free agent program is that it allows managers to create innovative projects that even they themselves don't know how they will go in that uh, when they hire us as free agents we're given a lot of latitude to take projects uh, to places where we think will give the most benefit to Canadians uh, and sometimes that's outside
7: of the original scope of uh, the project. It's interesting your point about novelty. I would say I had very two two very different experiences. And one was definitely to fill a bunch of functions for a position that was existing. And absolutely, you come in and you provide some new ideas. And uh, most teams are really receptive to that. And obviously, as you deliver and you build that relationship, it's good. And the position I'm in now is purely something that came out of nothing. There is no real roadmap for how we're going to do what we're going to do. And so we we're get, yeah, I'm given being given latitude, but I'm also finding a lot of allies within the system. And that's a great part about being a free agent is you have a lot of folks you can reach out to to help build that path.
8: I guess the thing about being a free agent is you get to choose your assignment so you can go into something more traditional or a bit, you know, newer or outside the beaten trail because you're able to choose from, you know, a list of opportunities that, you know, managers have submitted um, because they would like a free agent, but you can also find your own. So for myself, you know, I've kind of done a gamut where I, you know, my first one was someone who reached out to me. My second one I chose from the list. And then the third one was kind of an off the beaten trail opportunity.
0: Anybody else?
2: I think to touch on what Amanda said, I haven't done it yet, but as a free agent, you're welcome to approach any manager if you have a great idea for a project that happens to fall within their sphere of work. So we can, if we don't see an opportunity that suits our, our skill set, our attributes, the things we want to try to accomplish, we can go out there and talk to anyone and make something happen.
9: And that includes external as well. So going to take some private industry experience on an interchange and then bringing that knowledge back to the government of Canada.
12: Uh, so for my second free agent assignment, I get to be part of a startup office that's building a policy community with public servants, and that comes with a lot of creative autonomy. It comes with a lot of uh, co-creation with other public servants, and it's incredibly rewarding to take part in something that's intentionally designed to step outside of the boundaries of traditional ways of working in the public service.
6: Just to follow up on Lily's point about... Um uh, like organizations and, and choosing your own work. I'm, with my second assignment, I kind of took a different approach and didn't really look at the list of available options and just thought about where do I want to work, and I kind of narrowed it down to two different places and then just called up managers there. And so I, I had the ability to kind of choose my own workplace um, dependent on, you know, what do I what do I want to learn, who do I want to work with, what kind of work environment do I want to be in.
11: I think for managers, they also need to recognize that they're not just hiring the one free agent. They're hiring pretty much all of us. Because when we have, when we're, uh, when we're posed with a problem, we have an entire network of people throughout all of government that are working in all sorts of positions and all sorts of departments that can help us solve a problem.
4: Good point, Carl. But I think the other thing that I have found is that, uh, we're not really unusual when we go in. Um, I think there, you know, I've, I've sensed in both places that I've been, um, I've been working that, uh, I find out quite, quite a bit after the fact, after I started there, that there was a bit of resentment that I was being brought in as an agent of change. And the, the, for me, I have not been able to do anything on my own. Not with, like, I've, I've had support and help from the other free agents, but in each of the places that I was at, it was the colleagues that I were working with who had all the good ideas. And I just helped in some ways kind of give them a little different focus, help them tell the story a bit better, um, had a whole skill set that I could, I could do to sort of make their own, um, ideas and uh, for change shine. But I think it, it's really, um, it, there, it's not just, Us, it's the people in our host department that we work with who, um, help us succeed.
10: I think that speaks to the, the whole consulting model that we're actually not. Cause if you're a consultant, you have a, you know, an expertise that you're selling to an organization. And that doesn't mean that we don't all come with our own unique set of skills and, and knowledge and, um, experience and expertise. But we don't, I think it's really faulty to think that we come in to kind of save the world. Um, cause that's really not what free agents is about. And I think to the extent to which we are able to integrate ourselves into the ongoing teams that we find ourselves, it's, it's only to the, whole project's benefit and also to our benefit, because it is a reciprocal um, arrangement. We're learning from them just as much as uh, hopefully they're learning from us.
0: Have you observed any trends as far as key challenges in some of the projects that you've worked on? And if so, how have you addressed them?
2: Uh, some of the most pervasive trends I've noticed in my two assignments today um, have been related to tech and ability to collaborate and communicate with people both inside and outside government. Um, and my approach has just been to get out there and try things. If something doesn't work, pursue another avenue. Um, and I think that's also given people around me the license to try things themselves as well. So if you're in a department that's particularly risk-averse, um, has a very uh, closed sort of security model, um, not every department will be open to change, but some departments are open to change if you ask and make a case for why this is a really good thing um, or a good tool for a business to have.
8: Um, so just building on what Lily said, those have been the challenges that I've run into. Um, not, luckily in my instance, not so much with the technology, but more with the aversion to risk. So when bringing forward new ideas, um, having barriers and resistance to that. And the best way I found to overcome that is to show, um, the value in the proposed approach and to mitigate all those risks by showing there actually is not any risk. <laughs> other than your own fear. <laughs>
7: I think one of the interesting things for free agents a lot of the time is that we're brought in for specific project based work and so for me in particular often what that happens is then you realize how many layers of approvals you need to get what you need done and in our case it's very short timelines or it's in a very succinct amount of time and so I've spent a lot of the time renegotiating who's actually the responsibility and where do we get those decisions made and the team is always very receptive when you try and delayer the amount of layers you actually have to have approvals on um, yeah it's always going to be a tough one, and part of that is building the relationship with the team, building confidence in yes, you can deliver, and then clearly delineating why you don't need that additional layer or you don't need that additional decision point, or at least combine the points so that it's one briefing as opposed to multiple. So that's been my approach so far. It's been fairly successful.
10: I think there's a lot of conversation going on in the system about innovation, and I think we're still, as a public service, still grappling with that. And that's been some of the challenges that I've found. So trying to help my colleagues um, to have the kinds of conversations that they need in order to to help move things f- through the system. And that can look like, you know, layers of approvals. It can look like in a big department where one branch doesn't talk to the other. Um, you know, it's helping to break down some of those silos that really are just so manufactured and not not necessary.
5: Uh, I think one thing that we've exposed is just the general lack of agility and mobility that government has uh, with respect to its human resources. So, for example, I know a lot of free agents have had challenges when they've moved to other departments about their tech, their BlackBerry, their computers, their Mikey, uh, all of these things that should really be enterprise-wide solutions and for things that we've actually developed uh, enterprise-wide agencies to solve. And we haven't really solved anything. And they've just continued to be be barriers?
2: Um, What Aaron was pointing to is also a great opportunity to remember that at the end of the day, we serve Canadians. Um, If a given organization's only concern is with security or with privacy, that should be in the context of serving Canadians the best way that we can. And that should be our motivating push forward not to ensure that we uh, adhere to a very specific um, security regimen or whatever it may be. But we need to take that Like higher level view and look at what we can do for Canadians at the end of the day while obviously respecting privacy and security concerns.
7: One additional point I wanted to add that I found really curious for myself in taking on roles as we go as free agents to postings is actually creating more accountability for yourself and what you're doing. And so uh, to that point about leadership or project Role, uh, I'm actually doing my best To say, I if, if you've brought me here To do this, I am fully accountable for This, so I will make the decisions And I will deal with those decisions whether the project Is a success or not And that has freed up a lot of people in terms Of conversations, whether it's manager, director Executive director, because you're constantly Renegotiating what that is And the sooner you build that trust, the sooner They're saying, okay, you are going to make this decision This is the direction we're going to go And that's what I find uh, is a common struggle for a lot of people is shift in decision making or um, we're sitting on something we're not quite sure where we go and uh, that lack of decision is often a a real struggle for us so uh, it's forced me to be out of my comfort zone and take that accountability and put put my name on a lot of that type of work but it's also helped uh, I found in at least some teams people are, are a lot more willing to do that now and seeing that and sharing that experience with others
10: just want to build on what lily said for a second which is i think the one of the pluses of the free agent program is that we do have that pan canadian federal across the system viewpoint and that that's constantly you know sort of the perspective that we are lucky to have and that we need to keep reminding ourselves that you know help the departments work across, you know, work on challenges that may include more than one department, may include within a department, you know, and we can often be the catalyst for that, because in most cases, it's not necessary that that one department has all the answers, especially in this day and age.
0: How do you manage the uncertainty of not knowing where your next placement will be, or if there'll be another placement? This is a real fear out there. I, I didn't make this question up. <laughs> Panic.
11: panic and panic and worry because every so often you do have that little pang of uncertainty and you know your self-esteem takes a hit if you were spending entirely too much time trying to find that assignment sometimes you do spend uh you know a whole week going into meetings with managers and whatever and you know uh, at the end of that week, you've just learned a lot of places that you don't want to work. It's <laughs> <laughs> an excellent point.
7: <laughs> I, I think it's an interesting point. I think the biggest struggle was the initial uh, placement. The first one was definitely the most stressful. Um, what you'll find, too, though, is is you'll gain confidence in your own skills. You'll gain confidence in the questions that you want to ask. And by doing that, you're actually in a situation where you feel a lot more comfortable with that uncertainty. I'm not saying it ever goes away, but for me, it's been something that's actually been really valuable about the program because I never wanted to be complacent in my role as a public servant. And so it's that little bit of fire that keeps you moving, keeps your eyes up, keeps you paying attention to things that are going on. And so that and we also have such a great support network within the community that if you are looking for work, if you are struggling to find that next placement, you've got 20 other people that are the first ones to call you and talk you through. Okay, I know three other people I can reach out to. And usually they're the best types of references that you want to go work there anyways.
8: Uh, one thing that I've done to kind of mitigate that, you know, or that feeling of maybe having panic or uncertainty is looking for my next assignment about two months actually ahead of when my current one's going to end. So the reason I like to do that is it really does give me time to kind of do that scan to make sure I end up in an environment that uh, is for, right for me um, and also like in an opportunity that allows me to, you know, achieve my goals. Um, so, yeah, I found that that helped. And the other thing is we really do have access to a lot of opportunities. So I feel that the demand is there. So I I don't really find that I have that fear of, you know, there never being another assignment because I feel that the opportunities are fairly
9: endless to build off of Amanda's point. I So before joining government, I've been with government now well over a decade. Uh, before that, I had my own business. And so it's a reminder, I realized being a part of joining this program, how I'd i become a bit complacent myself and not making the effort to network and keep my, up with my contacts and whatnot. So it's actually been refreshing to realize that no matter how much stability you have in government, we are very fortunate because we do have such a broad network of contacts here. and And to keep up with those because it's important to, to, you know, make sure that you, you keep up with your chronic so that you can line yourself up something. But, uh, yeah, it's been a, a great experience to be reminded of that.
1: I, I don't understand I know that some people certainly do have fears uh when it comes to you know where where whether an extra assignment will come along and I've never been like that um, I've kind of just taken things as they come um, but I've also been one I've created a lot of networks uh, around government and so I have a lot of, a lot of opportunities I don't worry if I'm going to be on the beach, so to speak, for any length of time. I've got a lot of things I can do. Um, And uh, at the end of the day, um, like was just said, there's a lot of opportunities that are already coming to the free agent program. Uh, So I think we are having more and more to, to choose from. So they're looking for us more than we need to look out
12: Uh, so I think I actually have the opposite problem and I have workplace claustrophobia. And that comes from some early experiences in my public service career where I felt like I was at risk of getting trapped in a box that I wasn't comfortably, comfortable being contained in. Um, but on a more pragmatic note, uh, there are 260,000 jobs in the public service, uh, and there's never going to be a shortage of work. So it's more about finding the project that fuels your, your fire and something that you can get up and get excited about at the end of the day. And that's the part that uh, I spend more time thinking about, but there's a lot of fantastic work out there. So it hasn't been a problem for me yet.
4: Um, I'd add a couple things. Um, one that... Um, Somebody mentioned the support of the free agent networks, but also the talent managers are very good at, um, you know, uh, Staying on top of where we're at, sussing out, you know, when we might be looking for something else. And they, they take a very active role in supporting us. But the other thing I would also say is I think there's a greater risk in staying somewhere where you're not happy and not being in control of what happens next. Um, because I think at least the, the, sure, there's a risk, but the free agent program offers this opportunity to try new things, to try someplace else. And if that doesn't work out, there is an escape clause and our, our talent managers and the, and the executives that, that are responsible for our positions support us in finding a better fit. Um, so, um, I think this is, uh, the, the, the rewards far outweigh those risks. And I would encourage anybody to jump in, whether you're at the beginning of the career, middle of your career, or at the end of your career.
0: What is the one thing that has surprised you the most about being a free agent?
3: Quite honestly, is explaining what a free agent is. Um, a lot of people, I, I mean, I always assumed that people knew what free agency was as much as I did. But a lot of people had this misconception or they question thinking, so you're just giving up your job and now you're going to be jumping from place to place. You have no stability. You have no community. What are you doing? And it's that you can be an entrepreneur in the public service, while still serving Canadians at the same time. And that's, it's something that most public servants have lost that feeling of independence, which free agency gives back to you.
4: Uh,
8: I think for me, the most surprising thing was that the program was um, as advertised. So I think um, uh, many of us throughout our careers might have had those moments where, you know, you think it's going to be one way and then it's not. Or anyway, uh, lots of different <laughs> stories around uh, around that. Um, but yeah, I didn't apply for the first cohort because I thought it was too good to be true. Uh, and then when I saw the first cohort in practice, that was when I saw that it really was <laughs> as advertised and decided to apply for the second because, you know, the 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 risk associated with, you know, moving yourself indeterminately uh, to one place that you don't actually work for, uh, you know, the risk really isn't quite there as kind of discussed earlier, because there's just such a plethora of assignments that are available. Um, And, you know, the program really does support your development. And there's uh, promotion opportunities within and you know, it really, it really is about the individual and about getting the most out of it for yourself. So
0: it's awesome. As a member of the first cohort, I shared that same sort of sense of,
5: oh, thank God. (laughs) For me, uh, what was surprising was the richness of diversity of all the free agents uh, in terms of skills and backgrounds, uh, points of their career when they decided to join, uh, the types of work they like, the types of work they're trying as well.
6: I would definitely echo Aaron's point and to just build on it. I didn't expect to really benefit from the support of having this cohort of people. My assumption when I joined the free agent program was that we would all be these kind of like independent consultants, you know, off on our own little journeys, and maybe we'd come together, but we'd really have nothing in common. Um, but I feel like I've got kind of the best of both worlds, because I've been fortunate enough to have to have cultivated some great relationships at the two assignments that I've done so far. But I also have this amazing network of, you know, 40 and growing free agents that I can tap into and talk to about common challenges and are just generally really interesting, smart, dynamic people.
7: For me, the most surprising thing was the value placed on the talent management aspect. Uh, For me, the talent managers especially um, represent the first time that I've seen HR done right in government.
3: What I love is that we don't fit a mold. We are all different. We have... Um, people coming from HR, from policy, from communications, from computer science. Uh, when I first thought of free agency, I thought, oh, it's only for policy people. And this was when it was first starting before the first cohort. And I remember talking uh, about it at work and thinking, oh, this is just a policy development stream. It's not. This is for a public servant who cares about their future and who cares about the public service.
7: This is The thing that most surprised me is I'm obviously fairly early in my career and it was a scenario of the imposter syndrome component of joining a group of people or the expectation of the application process where you're going through and screening and saying, have you done something innovative? Have you done something different? And for me the biggest surprise was everyone is unique and everyone has done some really cool things and has great passion for what they're doing, which I think is infectious in any job, but it's particularly infectious amongst the cohorts. Uh but for me that was about, you know, yes, I've shown some attributes or skills that the seem interested in, it's my attitude and how I work, and so that's, you know, valued more than anything else and the rest of it will come in terms of your career. So as an early career public servant I thought that was really cool. But also um, I guess a little validating in that sense. I agree. As
0: someone that the, I actually went and I asked some people that I trusted, have I done enough cool things to really be competitive, to be taken seriously, or is this just going to be another door slammed in my face? So uh, they they told me to go for it. Thank goodness
2: something that really surprised me that builds on Greg's point is the fact that this program acknowledges that lots of people feel stuck, that just because you feel like you're the wrong fit for the job that you've taken, even if it's the right classification, there's nothing necessarily wrong with you. So I think um, what surprised me most about the program is that it sort of has this view of um, talent unstuck by design. So we understand that maybe there are some great people out there in the wrong places. We help to try and like make it possible for them to get where they want to be.
1: Uh, just to build on that further is uh, when I came from the, and we keep on building, uh, when I came from the private sector, one thing that always uh, struck me was the silos that we've created in government with all these classifications and how we everybody has to be f- pigeonholed and fit into a little uh, mold. And the one wonderful thing about this is, is finally uh, we're able to align our passions and our interests with those projects uh, and develop and grow. And uh, that's what I've been looking for for 10 years, and the free agent program's allowed that.
10: I think the thing that surprised me was that you could actually walk away from a situation that's not good for you. Um, you know, my first assignment was not an ideal match for me, and um, um even though the project was somewhat interesting, the group and I just, it wasn't a good fit, and that I could actually leave there um, and go to something that was a better fit, or with with folks that were maybe um, just a bit better fit for me. And, and being a baby boomer, you know, we'd, we'd have a tendency to have stayed in jobs um, a long time uh, that, you know, right? And Um, And so the free, that, I think that was probably one of the biggest surprises for me is that you can actually walk away from a situation that's not good for you.
8: Yeah, that actually goes very well with what I wanted to say, which is that the program really empowers you not just to drive your own career, but to do really what is best for you as an individual at the end of the day, you know, and that's one of the great things is that let's say you are in a in a spot where you need to take maybe a bit of time off work, like the program allows you to do that. And the thing is, you're not leaving an incumbent position. So you're not like abandoning anyone like you can can literally design the program to work for your life.
7: Actually, that was one of the things that I thought was really important in two. F- Parts was one around the mental health aspect of Finding you know where we are our energy Obviously if you're going From project to project usually it's high Stress they're big deliverables and so It also allows you to manage where The next place you're going to go where you're feeling Where you're at right now Uh, Something also that was really important to me was Actually see fellow free agents taking parental Leave and that being okay and Finding that you know your career is fluid So all of those types of things whether it's parental leave Or other leaves that you want to take or Wherever you are in your life the talent. Managers are absolutely there to help you do that, and there's really no barriers for that. It's not about justifying and defending it to yourself anymore. It's about this is where I'm at, and this is, these are my needs, and having them met, which has been great.
1: Um, I, I think that the free agent program allows for kind of a, almost a yin and yang in my life and in government because we're talking sometimes a lot about the yin, meaning you know for ourselves, the benefits for us, But I think we're all in this room, all the free agents are delivering powerful results in whatever project we're working on. So we're giving the government what the government is looking for, but we're getting back what we need. And so that balance is there in our lives. And I think that's the power of the free agent program and the power that could be in government.
0: You've been listening to Toddcast Season 4, Episode 3. All opinions expressed on ToddCast are strictly those of the individual and are not necessarily those of their employer. Special thanks to my guests, Amanda Bloom, Stephanie Davidson, Daphne Guerrero, Steph Percival, Aaron Percival, Alina Fraser, Carl Gaevsky, Hope Harris, Etienne Liberte, Bruce Lonergan, Leah McDonald, Nancy Pollock, Ryan Cigua, Lily Speck, and Greg White and also to our kind patrons who pitched in to pay for the equipment that runs this show Steve Buell Stefan Aaron Percival Darlene Mulcahy Abe Greenspoon Terry Kelly Yvette Fung Elizabeth Ellis Catherine Parker Tanya Garcia Justin Henry Rachel Muston, John Price Taryn Wasson Greg White Joy Moscovich Jackie Tweedy M.F. Burford Barbara Dundas Rod Gallant, Daphne Guerrero, Jennifer Harju, Anthony Jazz, Sarin McDeshin, Tark Paracha, and George Wenzel. Thanks, friends. Because if I was paying for the stuff alone, I would seriously be in the doghouse. However you found us, please help us to bring meaningful content to the public service. Become a subscriber, share the episodes, rate our content, and write and let us know what's on your mind. You can reach me at Todd at ToddLines.ca or start a conversation on GC Connects or with fellow listeners worldwide on GCCollab.ca. ToddCast is planned, written, and technically produced using free and open-source software, Canboard, DocuWiki, and Audacity, all running on Linux Mint, software that is free as in cost, but more importantly, free as in freedom. This episode's Exit Theme Music was Ladico by Andrea Baroni and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike license. Toddcast content is free to use and share under the same CC by SA license because, like open source, open content, and open licensing makes the world a better place. I'm Todd Lyons. I'll see you online. So that's our time.
8: That was excellent.
0: Thanks. You guys really did a great job. <laughs> the, f- <laughs> the flow <laughs> was amazing. I was like, please, no one dominate. Just naturally jump from no, like,
4: goal, right? yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Beat be to a flower, to a flower, to a flower. I was like, oh.
4: Podcast ever. You should have put a camera <laughs> on your forehead.
0: I'm sort of trying to watch the clock. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. this one will be long. This one will be short.
8: Where's your dog? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Share that play. with uh, you know Dave and see if they'll oh, take <laughs> 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 it. Great. Take it. Good job. Thanks.
5: Thanks for coming. Go back up your
12: phone like, right
10: away. So, so,
0: so, what's the visual to it, or is there a visual? No visual. It's, it's, it's me pretending. that... I'm still doing radio. <laughs> oh, okay. Just going back to that time machine of 1986. Where do we, uh, to? we this? Toddlines.ca. To? Yeah. Yeah.
9: Or yeah. iTunes uh, or Google
2: Music. I tried to get my dad yeah. to listen, yeah. and he got derailed yeah. immediately yeah. on every I episode did. we tried to start with yeah. the music you yeah. have on it, and he was like, oh, "What is this? Move I have to go download yeah. this song." <laughs> I have a full <laughs> list if he wants it.
6: Yeah. <laughs> Actually,
0: it's in the credits also.
5: And Is the name Child Toddlines.ca. Toddlines.ca.
0: Okay.
4: Nice.
0: I'm off.